I feel like that doesn't go away. Um, the fear part, but you just have to like embrace it and know that along the way there could be a lot of no's, but as long as there are yeses, like you can keep going and you should keep going. Hi everybody, I'm Katina McHenry and welcome to another episode of Fuck Fear. Today we are talking about fear and starting a new business. And my guest today, I love her so much. She was my nanny, her sister was my nanny years ago, Natalie Holloway. She is a co-founder. If you haven't heard of this brand yet, you're living under a rock, Bala Bangles. And I love them. They are a fitness brand. They are stylish weighted bands that you can use for any fitness routine or any, any fitness exercise, whatever you're doing that's fitness related. So welcome, to, welcome to the podcast, Natalie. I'm so happy to see you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yes. excited to be here. Oh, this is it's it's so great to reconnect. As I said, she and her sister Jessica were my babysitters. It seems like so long ago, and I'm like so proud sure. to see you like just succeed and and in the business and oh my gosh, all the things that you've done. So I'm so glad that we could do this today. So I start each episode asking my guests one question, which is, what are you afraid of? Ooh, this is a lot of stuff I'm afraid of. (laughs) Um, I would say, I mean, you could go the route of saying like sharks and all that, but no, I'm going like the more deep route. I would say if I'm thinking about what I'm absolutely afraid of deep down would probably be rejection. Oh, yeah, I get that. All right, so let's just get into it. So Bala Bangles is a multi-million dollar brand. You guys have been on Shark Tank. You started the business in 2018. So as you guys started thinking about just starting it, take me through that process of, of just where the idea came from. Yeah, I mean, the idea, it was kind of just, um, it came about like a side project. Essentially, my husband and boyfriend at the time, Max Kislevitz and I, we were um, in advertising. And so we worked at large advertising agencies in Austin, New York, and LA. And at the time, we were in an ad agency in LA. We were quite burnt out. We worked at this um, agency called 72 and Sunny. It was like notorious late nights. Um, kind of just like a thankless job where you're building other people's brands. And we, um, we were just burnt out and we, we really wanted to do this, like travel the world type trip. Um, And it was kind of like now or never, because we were like um, late twenties, we had a great career under our belts already. And we felt like we could quit our jobs and come back and have that security of getting another job in advertising. So it felt like not so risky because of that. At that time, there were plenty of jobs. So we, um, obviously it's not the case now, so wouldn't have been, you know, as easy of a decision in these times, but then there were like, it wasn't a problem finding an advertising job. So we decided we're burnt out. Let's quit our jobs. Let's travel for six months. So we traveled for six months, went to a lot of countries in Asia, Um, And on one particular kind of stint, we were doing yoga and the class, we really wanted to like sweat and we wanted to be, to be a difficult class. And it, it just wasn't, which is great. Sometimes a meditative class is great. And that's what you're looking for. But at the time we wanted to sweat and like get our energy out. And that just wasn't the case. So we were kind of brainstorming afterwards um, about 
how could we have made that class harder? And it turns out we were, t- we were like, oh, you could have added weights, resistance. Well, that exists, but why don't people really use them? Like we, were, we don't really see them used in classes then. So we were like, that's kind of weird that that trend went away. And yeah. then we realized it's because they're so ugly. And so they're like in your mom's basement and you're not really going to grab them. So we, we thought right then and there, like, let's create the wrist and ankle weight that's modern. And um, Max like literally drew it out on a napkin. And then we kind of had this like slow production start. And we just started working on the idea then. Um, we did end up even returning to the US six months later and getting jobs in advertising while we worked on the business. So yeah. Yeah. it was kind of like a slow start, but it just kind of came to us. And I feel like it came to us at that time because we had quit our jobs and we had a clear mind for once. So we were able just to think of, you know, other ideas and just go beyond just being in the grind, which we so were. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking while you were talking about just being in Asia um, and the process of just doing yoga and being in a space where you don't have the stress of the job. You can just you know, you, you were just free to just, ex, you know, expand. And, and it sounds like you were more at peace to let your mind breathe a little bit. Exactly. And honestly, yeah. the like, I don't think that idea would have ever, ever come to us if we didn't kind of quit our job or clear. And you can, you don't have to quit your job to clear your mind. Like we right. you can clear your mind and by meditating or going on walks or whatever it may be. But I just think like clearing your mind and making room and space and for other ideas or just to like not think about anything is super important. And that's how um, our business came about. Yeah. Were you afraid to quit your job and just travel? 100% I was uh, scared to quit my job. And I think like that was like, that was very scary for both of us. Um, I think the only reason we felt confident to quit our job then was like at the time there were lots of advertising jobs out there and we had some good agencies under on our resume. So we, we felt like, okay, if we go like even for a year, we're going to be able to get a job when we come back. So there was like, I mean, even though that's not a hundred percent security, there was some security just knowing like we had the connections and like good enough resume where when we did return, there would potentially, there would be options. So I think that's like, that helped like the fear with quitting our job, but definitely was scary to do that for sure. Yeah. But so cool that you did it anyway. But I mean, obviously you weighed it, right? Like you weighed the options <laughs> before you, you did it. For sure. It was like, it, it sounded crazy at the time, but when like knowing that, you know, we had other agencies we could work. And also even, I think our agency at the time was like, said we could come back. So there was like a little bit of security there where it was yeah. like, okay, this isn't the craziest thing. We know we're coming back in six months and we're just going to interview, even if it takes several months to get a job, like we're yeah. going to go at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the way you describe how the idea came about, it's, you know, it's like, it's not an uncommon story. You hear so many stories of the way like really cool products have started on a paper napkin or like in the locker room or on the golf course. So as you think about just how it started, like, there's so many pieces that have to go into making sure the idea comes to fruition. Were there things that, that made you nervous about each step of that process that you can talk about just from, you know, creating a product, developing a product, finding manufacturers to make the products, all of those steps that go into it. 
Yeah, there were so there's so many steps and it is scary, especially if you're investing money, like yeah. some of the, you know, it's like along the way, it's really scary. It's like, okay, I'm paying $5,000 for a prototype. What if that's yeah. complete? Like that was like our life savings at the time. So it was like, what if that's like completely like a waste, you know, but you just right. kind of have to like, be like, I'm going to do it. And I think it helps to like make the decision and go like, not necessarily go all in, like spend your life saving, but go all in, like in your head, know that you are going to get to launch because right. then it helps. Um, it helps you like move forward and be like, okay, well I have, I, that's scary, but I have to do it. And maybe that's like reaching out to all these editors or paying somebody to do the prototype. But it's like, you know, if you've made that decision, it makes the, it makes it easier because then you're like, why well, I, I have made the decision to get to launch. So everything scary along the way. It's just, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. so it helps. Yeah. So when you guys finally got to the point of having the, for, taking it from the napkin drawing to an actual product, <laughs> what was next for you in terms of what, what else you had to figure out? So, I mean, once we had the actual product, like it's still, we had a year worth of uh, making it perfect still. Yeah. And we had a year worth of like, like refining it and stuff like that. So then we had to do that. And then we also had to figure out like, how are we going to launch this? Like, what are we going to do marketing wise? How are people going to find out about this? Cause you don't just launch a website and then all of a sudden you have even one sale. Like you won't even right. have one sale. You have to figure out a way to like tell people about it and tell your story and get your products out there. So then it was like the marketing, the website, um, but then, oh, one thing we did to like mitigate risk was instead of investing our own money, we did a Kickstarter, which was helpful yeah. because it helped like um, us not have to invest a lot of money into it. We just kind of were able to test the market and also um, do our Kickstarter and get the money for the first production run, which yeah. first production runs can be really expensive. In our case, it was going to be $40,000, which oh we didn't have. Gosh. Yeah. And so that's why we did a Kickstarter and then we got the money to launch, which made it, you know, less scary in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So as you think about, I mean, it's easy to look back now and think about what was scary may may not feel as scary now that the business is really successful but can you remember like the things that were scary about all of it yes yes <laughs> definitely there were like lots lots of scary things um i mean honestly i think just like starting a business is scary in general like yes. it, like i talked about the fear of rejection it's like that is very real and putting yourself out there in anything and put and putting yourself out there with a business is like a huge deal, even just to your friends and family. So there's that, that yeah. um, fear of rejection or even like the public, will they hate it? Will they not buy it? Like that's along, along the way there is fear of rejection. I mean, I think that's even there's, that's still here today with like a new product we're going to launch or something like that. You know, yeah. like, I feel like that doesn't go away. Um, the fear part, but you just have to like embrace it and know that along the way there could be a lot of no's, but as long as there are yeses, like you can keep going and you should yeah. keep going. Um, but yeah, there's lots of, lots of fear along the way. <laughs> well, and now, now that you're sort of on the other side, looking back, was there a time when you guys thought maybe you should stop and reevaluate? Yes. Um, like you mean reevaluate as in like, whether or, or not, I, yeah, whether like, not to even do it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there were when we first launched the idea. Honestly, like I think 
even to this day, like people will be like, what is that? I mean, <laughs> most people get it, but it's like, it's just, it looks like, like a toy on your arm, you know, it's just yeah. like every now and then people are like, what is that? Um, but when we first told people of the idea, like every now and then we'd get somebody who was like, that's cool. But you know, they couldn't really like see it or wear it yet. So it was like hard to understand, even though wrist and ankle weights existed. And so yes. people were kind of like, Hmm, cool. Okay. Like not really like excited by it. When we first told people friends and family, like they were just like, Hmm, you could just read it on their face that they didn't yeah. really, they didn't really get it as its own business. And yeah. so that um, definitely happened at the beginning. Um, and obviously now like we've been validated in certain ways, but that yeah. was definitely um, scary. And at times we were like, I mean, what are we doing? I mean, especially on the yeah. Kickstarter, I think we were halfway through the Kickstarter. And if you don't receive all of the, the money by the end, I think it's like a 30 day window, you don't get any of it. Right. So we were like halfway through and we were not halfway through our goal. And we were thinking like, what did we do? This is like embarrassing. Like yeah. we're not even going to get to our goal and get the money, but um, luckily it came through and we just kept working on it and just tried to like overcome those like negative thoughts. Yeah. It's so crazy because I feel like, you know, I've had a just similar experience to what you just described with, um, with soulmate socks. It was like every step of the way. And I didn't like you, like having your husband with you. I didn't have anybody. It was just me and the children. And, you know, they, I mean, they were kind of, they were much younger when I started, but it was always like, should I do this? I don't know. I've never done anything like this before. I've never done product development before, but I feel like I, people really need this. But at the same time, it was like, you know, when you tell somebody and I, and I was like, I didn't want to tell too many people because the same thing you described, fear of rejection, you could see it yeah. on people's faces. They're like, what you is that? You definitely see it on people's face. <laughs> it hurts. And that just like, it kind of changes your mind sometimes if you respond to how they respond to what you're describing to them. You know, if they respond in a negative way or slightly negative, then it like, it makes you sort of second guess or rethink what mm -hmm. it is you're, that you're thinking about you doing. Because it's like your passion. Yeah. But it's really hard to ignore those voices for sure. Yes. Yeah. Because you feel like it is a, it is a, it is something that the market needs. And if you can make it in a way that um, is sort of reinventive in a way, then maybe people will um, gravitate towards it. But same thing. I was like, every step I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Let me ask 10,000 people who were experts in the field, if this is the right thing or if I should make it this way. But I mean, so, so much of it, I think, was guided by fear because I was like fearful, but I didn't let that stop me. I just still went forward. And it sounds like the same thing happened with you guys too. Yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah. you have to, you have to like make a decision to like ignore the negativity and just keep going. Yeah. Otherwise you'll never launch. Cause it's like, it's so scary to put yourself out there with anything. It's like, especially oh my gosh. So. yeah. Yeah. How, how much of the fear of failure how how was that how did that influence what you guys did or did, were you ever afraid of failing definitely was afraid of failing um we I mean I'm trying to think of how it actually influenced us I think I I had to just I think early on I would re, like reach out to editors or reach out to like buyers and get a lot of rejections a lot of no's and I think I just I basically just had to say like I am 
going to like if they have feedback I'm gonna listen to it but otherwise I'm gonna take that no and just like forget about it and keep yeah. moving because otherwise you won't you will just like you'll be crippled with fear yeah. um you know you're not going to reach out to like a goop or a free people and say hey can you carry my ball of bengals in your store because you're like scared they're going to say no but that doesn't help anyone and if you reach out to like 10 like mo- most of them might say no but if one says yes that's like your opportunity so you have to like yeah truly changed your mindset. Um, and I think every single business has like stops and no's and rejection. So it's like, you have, it's like all in your mindset. Yeah. Well, and two, I've, I've noticed like you can't take the no personally, you have to take it as a little nugget of motivation to Mm -hmm. go to the next, you know, the next person that you need to talk to. And And honestly, yeah. And sometimes you can like take the, if there's a no with feedback, sometimes you can take that feedback in and adjust like, some of our like negative comments from customers have been like really insightful into changing and evolving our product. And it's been like a game changer for where our product is now to where it was when we first launched. So I think some of those no's are actually, can actually be like pretty insightful. Yeah. So you guys, we're talking to Natalie Holloway. She's the co-founder of Bala Bangles. They are these fantastic wrist and ankle weights that are so cute. They're not like your mom's, um, wrist weights <laughs> with the, the sandbags. Um, I love the design of them. And I love the whole sort of thing that you guys take on like the seventies and eighties theme. I love that so much. So you guys were also on shark tank recently. So talk to me about that experience because I've heard it is very intense. Um, every, every stage of that process is very intense. So Talk about that and how you guys made it through that experience. Yeah, I mean, it is really intense. And honestly, there's a lot of, oh, that's a one way, like we were terrified of rejection on Shark Tank. We had to say, okay, we may go into the tank and they may say, we hate this on national television. And we had to like be okay with that and just say, okay, but it's worth the risk. So anyway, um, but yeah, there's, our Shark Tank is a really intense process. Um, You know, you have to, um, you have, like several meetings and like basically auditions with producers along the way before they actually, you know, decide you. And then you could even film the episode and they decide not to air it. So there's like heard. Yeah. There's a lot of like rejection potential there and then a lot of work. So it's like, it could all be for nothing if you don't get on, but if you are on and if you get a deal even better, it's like, it's way worth it. So I think is, it's a, it's a, it's a huge undertaking. It's a lot, a lot of work. Like you have to make videos, pitch videos. You have to fill out forms. Like you have to have weekly calls. Like there's just so you have to practice your pitch and memorize the answers. There's so much work that goes into it. Um, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. So during that episode, how scared were you guys just to be in front of the, of of the sharks? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was, that was terrifying um, to be in front of like five, like billionaires basically and pitching your idea and knowing that they're called sharks. So they're going to eat you alive. (laughs) Um, So that was like, I've never been more scared. And honestly, I've never seen my husband more scared. Like we we went to this like place where we were just like in shock and fear before we went on um, to perform for, or try or not whatever pitch for them. It was, um, it was absolutely terrifying. 
Cause you're also, you only get one chance. So it's like, right. if you don't say like your pitch, right. Or if you mess up or like, if it's just, you don't you get a do over and it's national TV. So yeah. Yeah. You're fine. yeah. Well, congrats to say you guys got a deal. One of your ambassadors is Maria um, Sharapova and that has been incredible, right? So how, how is the experience like after it's over with, what's it been like now to be able to do the things that you need to do to expand the business and, and really grow the business across the globe? Because you guys, are you all over the globe now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are. that's so yeah. fantastic. Yeah, we basically, I mean, it's been great. We, we got a deal with Mark Cuban and Maria Sharapova, which honestly was like my dream going into the tank, which I never saw actually happening. So that was, that was a truly a dream come true. And it's amazing because Mark is really like, like a very intelligent businessman. And Maria is this like, like she kind of fashionista in her own right. Um, and obviously like a world champion. So it's like the combo of them is really cool. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten a lot of great, um, like just a great, um, partnership from them, like great insight, business insights. We've gotten like Maria said, she was going to be our spokesperson on the, in the panel. And you never really know like what they're actually going to do. And she truly has, like we, she'll post Bala a lot. She'll support our new launches. Um, we did a photo shoot with her. Like she's just very involved in the brand. So it's really amazing to have both of them as, as partners. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) So before you started the business, did you guys like read any books or just do any research about what it takes to start a business? Did you do uh, any, any background into the fitness industry? I know you're a yoga instructor now. So can you talk a little bit about just the preparation you guys went through just to start the business? Yeah. So, I mean, we basically, the preparation was I would, I mean, I was in New York at the time when we did launch the business and my thing was like, I was so busy. I was working a full-time job in advertising. So the business was like just my extra time. So I needed to stay motivated. So I would listen to um, like motivating podcasts Mm -hmm. on my, like on my subway commute to and from work. And that would really like keep me motivated. So business podcasts, like some of the obvious ones, like how I built this, there's like one that was called like my wife quit her job. And it was really interesting because it was like exactly what I was trying to do. I was trying to like work enough on a business to quit my job. And it's all these like smaller businesses, but stories um, on my wife quit her job. And so I would listen to those two podcasts and they would give me a motivation, but B, they would also give me like, just like little insights and tidbits from other businesses, like what they did. And you don't realize it, even if you're listening to someone else's story, but you're absorbing information and like, you may hear something that they said that really helps you in your own business. So my thing was podcasts for sure. I don't think I really had time to like read books at that time. Cause I was so busy with wallet and advertising. Um, but there's so many good resources out there and books and podcasts that to get your business started. Yeah. What do you think are the, the things that you remember most from just from the podcast? Like what are some of the things that, that really not, not only you remember that you have been able to implement? So I think, I don't even remember where I heard this, but I, I think honestly, like being frugal for our business was really important early on. So we, you know, we like barely spent any money and we, we just were really smart with our money. Yeah. And I think like, that's like kind of like the way uh, Mark Cuban thinks with his businesses, which is good, but also it's just like, it's like efficiencies. And then they, it helps a business be 
you know, be in business however long you want to, and also, you know, have be profitable. Like we were profitable on year one, which is unheard of. And we still are profitable. And even if right now we're like upping our, our spend and getting more like, um, just like, just as you grow, you have to, but it's like, we're still, um, we still keep that those ethos of like just being efficient and not spending more than we have to. And it helps us like still be profitable. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you, I mean, you've always been in LA and now I see billboards and I mean, I just, I follow you guys religiously because I just, I love what you're doing. I love the evolution of, of where you started and to know like you guys used to be my babysitters and to see you now, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) It's so awesome to see. So how can you um, define what you guys are doing now? I mean, you started as a fitness brand, but can you define like what, what you see the business as now and the vision and the vision you have for where you guys want to go? Yeah. So we, um, we definitely like, we, we started with, with one product, which was Bala Mangles. Um, and we, we soon realized that like, we didn't want to j- be known for just that one product. So we essentially um, recently have been launching um, more products. Like you we're in like, we're chic fitness accessories. Um, but we really believe that like beautiful and functional fitness accessories have the power to change the way people work out and move. Um, so we are, you know, we built this like ball of world that is playful and colorful and we've uh, have a huge product roadmap this year, um, of more than just the Bengals. And we are, you know, we're, we're basically just launching design, design led accessories and equipment and, our like insight is that basically it's like, I don't know if, if you've seen our, like the power ring, for example, it's like yeah. a 10, a 10 pound weighted ring. And you may have it in like melon or pink or blue or something fun. And it's in the corner of your room. Cause it's out. Cause it's, it's already beautiful to look at. So you don't mind it being out versus like hiding a kettlebell in your closet and you never use yeah. it. This is looking at you. So you, you just feel inspired to go grab it and, you know, move with it. Even if you're not fully working out, you're just like, you know, playing around. And we've seen that from our customer behavior as well, since the products are really like playful and fun and design led, um, you know, you can leave them out and you also are just like, it's just like inspiring people to move in a different way. Yeah. So as you grow and expand, do you think your the fears that you face now are different than when you started? And if so, what are they now? Yes. Like we're dealing with different business decisions now. Um, now it's like, we're dealing with like, larger business decisions like do we take on equity I mean do we do we um you know um do a raise things like that and that's like that's a scary decision um so that sort of thing or you know the just like raise for your employees or raise raise like um like venture capital um like that um so it's like those are the sort of decisions we make or um products to launch or things like that. So it's like the decisions we're making now are like, it feels like bigger decisions. Yeah. And how do you like those big decisions? How do you decide whether or not to do them? Do you get feedback first? And if you do, like, how do you value that feedback from either your husband or partner or even just customers? I mean, it really helps to have like my partner and husband, because we really like, 
gut, it's like we gut check each other on whether yeah. something is a good decision or not. And so it's, it's helpful to have both of us. And then if somebody feels very passionate about something and the other one doesn't, it's like, oftentimes we can convince the other one of it, or we just say, uh, we both don't agree. Let's just not move forward. Yeah. So that really helps. Um, and then, yeah, our, our customers really inform a lot of what we do as well. Like we really listen to the customers. Like I'll be checking like customer emails every now and then just to hear what the people are saying. Yeah. I will definitely check DMs and see what the people, what the people are saying. It's like, I want to know if they don't like a certain color or they're missing, they want to see lilac or they want heavier skews or um, it's too heavy. Like, you know, you just yeah. want to listen to the customer feedback because it will inform like as we evolve our certain products or what we launch in the future. So I think that it, listening to the customer is like super, super important because at, at the end of the day, they are your business. Yeah. Are you ever afraid of, of criticism? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying. I used to do the customer service. Um, and it's like very scary when people are mean to you. Um, I, know, yeah, right? service, it's, I mean, I think people didn't realize it back like a year ago, even, but I was, um, I, I was behind the computer and people, so people can be really mean. I mean, you know, it's like, no matter what, if you have a large enough customer base, like you can, you can deal with people that like, I guess it, it's almost like they don't realize they're talking to a person and not a computer and they just kind yeah. of ruined your day and that would have really hurt my feelings. Um, but I've since obviously stepped away, uh, away from that. And we just, we listen to that. Cause it's like, if somebody's really upset with something, um, you know, we just try to listen to it, but not take it personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, hard. it's hard. Sometimes it's hard not to though. When some, when you're doing, I mean, when you're so passionate about the thing that you're doing or your business or product, it's hard to not take it personally, you know? I mean, yeah. And we had people like during COVID times, like, I don't know if you remember, but early COVID, like there was like shipments weren't coming in. And so therefore it's like brands weren't getting their product and like everything was like pre-ordered or backordered or delayed. And so we had a lot of like delays during COVID. I mean, we had people who were so mad. It's like, they didn't realize a global pandemic was going on. Like yeah. I had somebody like personally call me out on like all these stories on, on Instagram. And that was like almost like in tears, you know, cause oh. it's, it's just crazy. I mean, it makes me be really nice to brands via customer service. Cause you never know what's going on, you know, on, on the yep. other side and they're really doing the best that, can, that they can for that time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, speaking of COVID, you guys exploded during COVID. <laughs> I mean, exploded in the really small sales. team. We were a very small team at the time. And it's like, you can't just grow by snapping your fingers, you know? So right. it's like, that was hard because we were doing, you know, a lot and trying to manage this growth and people were, we'd be sold out and people were pissed at us for it. But we were, we were like, it's a global pandemic. We can't get product in, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was really hard. Um, but I think most customers uh, are nice. So that helps. It's just like, you know, every now and then the one that's really mad, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, yeah. that's the one that sticks with you. Right. I feel well, like too, sure. like when I, I get, still remember some of these like in distinct stories from like a year ago, I'm like, oh, like, yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you don't know like how crazy the person is on the other side. And, and I'm always worried, like, are they going to try something? Are they going to do something? <laughs> like, Cause if it's social media, it's so easy to like, just tweet We've something. We've had it happen before. Really? I Tell me. I mean, we just had like somebody be mad enough that their product was late, um, that they went and did a bunch of like Instagram stories, like tagging me and Bala and saying, this company is a, like, 
not a real company, like all this crazy stuff. Cause like yeah. the, the product was late. And so people, I think people can do that for sure. And they, yeah. I think uh, an angry customer is, I think they say there's like a, a stat, like it's not 10 times, but it's like, there's a certain stat, like an angry, angry customer is like so much more vocal than like a happy customer. Yes. I think there's, there's like a stat towards it. So yeah, they yeah. will take to yeah. Well, and two is like people actually listen to that stuff. People like base their decisions on whatever they're going to buy or do or eat on reviews. So like sure. that is, it weighs so heavy. For sure. Yeah. Did oh you, do you have that happen sometimes? Yes. It's like, it, it doesn't happen often, but it happens enough that it does, it does stick with me because like I put so much heart and soul into the product and like, and packaging and making sure it, I create a happy experience for people when they receive the product in the mail. And so to get negative feedback, like I, I expect it, but when it happens and somebody actually goes out of their way to make you look bad and try to make you look bad, like it does stay with me. And so I just, I don't know. It, it, it bothers. I, I try not to let it bother me, but it does bother me, you know? And I'm always like, every time there's like, I'm still at the point where I like, I have, a, you know, like you small team, but I'm still sending like things, you know, by hand out of the garage. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, you know, I, I'm doing like hand, hand doing everything. And so when somebody's not happy with that, I'm just like, what did I do wrong? I'm so scared. I did something wrong. You but know, some people are just, I just feel like they're going to be mad. And my theory is like, they're not just doing that to my brand. They're doing it to 10 other, you know, it's like, you yeah, right. Not internalize it. And honestly, it helps when you can step away from customer service. So eventually yes. when, when you can step away from that, it's like, <laughs> I'll be so glad. I'll be so glad. Yeah. So now that you were, um, extremely successful and, you know, going into this new phase of growth and expansion, which I'm so excited for you about, Thank what you. can you how can you advise others who are at that point where I think people, a lot of people have uh, COVID has given a lot of people a chance to really think about what is important to them and reevaluate their own life and their career choices. And, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a lot of new businesses have been started during COVID. So people may be on the fence about what they want to do and, and really if, if they want to take, take that leap of faith in that next step. So now that you are in this space of having a success, successful company, what can you advise other people? Um, how can you advise other people if this is something they want to do? I think, you know, it's like make, make sure that whatever you are doing, like you're crazy passionate about because like it is so much hard work, especially at the beginning. And like you're just gonna quit if you're not passionate about it or you're, yeah. you know, passion, I think beneath what you're doing will drive the company forward and, and help you find success. So I think just like evaluate, make sure you're passionate about it. And even if it's like, you're, you're not, you're, you have a brand that's like cups and you're not passionate about cups, but you're, you know, you're passionate about building a business. Like that's mm -hmm. enough passion to do it. So I think make sure that that's the case. Otherwise, like you you'll just slow down because it's it's so much hard work um so that would be my number one thing yeah and mm -hmm. you don't need a degree i mean or, or an mba really to start a business or run no. a successful business oh my god i think honestly just put it out there i think the main thing you you i didn't have an mba for sure neither did my husband we knew nothing about building business i think what the main thing you need is like a good product 
or yes. good, whatever you're launching. So it's like, that's the important thing. Um, and then the others you can like hire out for and partner with people and learn, you can learn all this stuff. But I think like it should start with like a good product or a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now, I mean, you're not just in the business, but now you're a new mom, <laughs> which I'm so, right. oh, he's, he's beautiful. I'm so excited oh, that he's here. Oh my gosh. So do you, do you have a new outlook on life and the business now that, now that he's here? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I think it, like, it's more like, I mean, I think I essentially, it's kind of like every, you ask yourself, like, why are you working so hard? Why are you doing yeah. this? Why are you building a brand? It's like, it's for your family and he's my family. And so, and it's like for him. So I think um, definitely that has changed my outlook. Also, it's like, I notoriously am a workaholic. And I mean, I'm only yeah. like three months into this new parenthood thing, but I've like kind of, I work a lot, but I've just kind of like, I make sure I prioritize time with him and giving him attention because I don't want him to like look back. And I was always on my phone or on my computer working. So it's like doing that is important. Um, as well. So making sure that as we grow, it's like, I don't just like forget, like, I'm just too busy the next 10 years of his life. It's like, as we grow, it's like, make sure that I am, I still have time with him. And um, maybe that means like hiring more people to help alleviate my workload, but it's like, got him. That's definitely changed. My, um, my outlook has changed there for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been so good. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to see you and talk to you again. It's been so many years, it feels like. I mean, I feel like we kept in contact. We just have to actually talk to each other. Yeah. It's been like a decade. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know from Instagram. Like I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's the only way I know where people are and what they're doing is Instagram. Not on Facebook as much anymore, but thank God for Instagram or else I'd lose lose track of everybody. I know. <laughs> we have been talking to Natalie Holloway. She is the co-founder of Bala Bangles, an LA fitness uh, brand. And um, this has been so great. We've been talking about fear and starting a new business. Thank you so much for listening today to Fuck Fear. We will see you next time. Mm-hmm.